Tonight we're going to uh, begin a uh, tonight Bible study is going to be talking about the various kinds of prayer. How many of y'all really realize there's some, really a lot of different ways to pray? Yes. The Bible says, and you can open up with me in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. We'll see how far we can get tonight in this Bible study. But uh, prayer, remember, is our connection to God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. It's our, relation, our, relation stand, our relationship stands solid whenever we have a prayer life. When our prayer life suffers, so will our relationship suffer. Whenever we stop communicating with the Lord, if we, it ain't that God's cutting us off, we have cut our own self off. Amen? Amen. So prayer always keeps uh, our ears open and attentive to the, to the Lord able to speak to us. When we stay in prayer, and uh, the Bible said we can pray always. Not just, it don't have to be a Sunday morning deal. Or you don't have to wait to Wednesday night to come to pray. The Bible says actually to pray always. Pray always. So there's always, if you really think about it, there's plenty of things to be praying about. Amen. I mean, if uh, when I first got saved, I had problems praying maybe 10 minutes. I mean, I, I didn't know much about prayer. And I was mainly just praying, oh Lord, uh, maybe watch over me, bless my family, uh, help me continue to uh, have a good job, take care of my family, thank you for saving my soul. And in a little while, I'll give, I, I didn't know what else to pray about. I was like, well, what I do, just keep repeating myself? No. But once you really find out and learn more about prayer, you find out that praying is something that can take, occupy your time always. And you don't have to be in church to pray. If the only time you're praying is in church, you have become religious. Y'all hear that? You just become religious. You don't want to be religious. You want to have a relationship with the Lord. And prayer keeps the relationship hot. Uh, prayer is about intimacy. It's about uh, keeping that relationship intact. It, the Lord never cuts us off. Remember that. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. We don't have to worry about him cutting us off. That if, any, if we get cut off from the Lord, it's on our doing. If we walk away, it's our doing. If we cut off the communication, it's because we cut it off. And when we cut it off, we, we become not only hard-hearted, we also get hard of hearing. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen? And some people, there's a lot of people in church, they say, I just don't know when God is speaking. Well, you need to spend more time with the Lord. Because the more time you spend with Him, you'll begin to realize what His voice sounds like. <coughs> Amen? Amen? You'll begin to, uh, He won't have to yell and scream, and He won't have to take His finger and write on the wall. He won't have to put Ten Commandments on the wall with his finger for you. He'll be able to speak to you in a still, small voice, and you'll be able to hear him. The Lord is always speaking, y'all. Always. Listen, he speaks, uh, he can speak to us when we're at work. When we, uh, when Bart, when you're riding on the tractor, he can speak to you. When you're getting ready in the mirror, and you're getting ready for church, Hallelujah. He can speak to you while, you while you're getting ready. He can speak to you when you're getting dressed. He can get, speak to you while you're on your, in your car, on the way to work. You can be praying at all times. 
You don't have to wait to get to church. You can pray on the way to church. You can pray on the way to work. You can pray before, when you get up in the morning. You can pray at lunchtime. You can pray at, before you go to sleep at night with your kids. Amen? Amen. You know that's an important thing is to pray with your kids before they go to sleep. But back when our, all our kids were young, I'd go up there, upstairs to them every night. And I'd, 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 I'd tell them good night. I loved them. And we would take time to pray together. And uh, those type of things are, are something that you put in those, the children. And they never forget about mama or daddy coming to the bedside, kneeling down by the bedside. Maybe when they're sick or they just go into school the next day and you praying. Man, Sophie turned our kids into prayer warriors on the way to school. Every, every Monday through Friday, she had a, uh, a, a list to go through like this, that they were confessing the Word of God over themselves all the way to school. I'm talking about every one of them kids, thanks to, to Sophie now. I didn't do this. She did. They knew the whole Psalm 91. That ain't no short little five-verse psalm. Listen, my kid, no matter how old they were, if they were four years old, three years old, to ten years old, whatever the, the range of their ages were, every one of them would say the words, quote, Psalm 91 together in unison. All the way to school every day. Every day. Not only Psalm 91, she had a list of scriptures. They put on the full armor of God from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. They knew it in heart. And they said it in unison before they got out of the car every day. When they got in the car, she said, okay, let's pray. And they, they all start. Psalm 91, Ephesians, putting on the full armor of God. Man, they were, I'm so proud of Sophie. She taught our kids really so much about prayer and uh, I'm really proud of it. all prayer Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 that's uh, the last verse of putting on the full armor of God get my glasses here Ephesians 6 18 everybody there Okay, after you've put on the full armor of God, verse 18 says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So let's go back to Praying always with all prayer. And this word supplication. Let's go ahead and, 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 and define what that word supplication means. Because there is a type of prayer called the prayer of supplication. What does supplication mean? Do everybody in here already know the answer? If you don't, it means a humble, earnest, Request, heartfelt, heartfelt, and fervent prayer. So, whenever you go into the prayer of supplication, 
First of all, you're, you're, uh, you're, you come into the Lord's presence with humility. With humility. And you come in with an earnest request. That's supplication. And it has to be a heartfelt, fervent prayer. You know, a lot of people just whenever they pray, they go through the motions. They, they do not have an ounce of heartfelt in it. But whenever you get your heart begins to move and your bowels of compassion begin to move and you begin to groan in the spirit and really get down to business in praying, that's supplication. And that's what moves God. Amen? These religious, non-heartfelt, non-fervent prayers probably don't get higher than the ceiling. Amen. Hello. Amen. So, we're learning how to pray. So, we got to make some adjustments in our prayer life and begin to pray according to what the Scriptures say. Amen? And according to the Scriptures, all these things that I have listed here, these are different, various kinds of prayer. In Ephesians, when it says... Praying always with, with all prayer means praying all prayer means all kinds of prayer and all manner of prayer. So when you have uh, you got even more than these, there's more different types of prayer than these eight that I have listed here. But I don't think we're going to get through eight tonight. But there's all manner and all kinds of prayer. And that's what's listed here in Ephesians 6.18. Praying always with all manner and all kinds of prayer. Now the thing about all kinds and all manner, you, gotta, you need to actually know sometimes which one you need to pull out. Which one you need to be praying. Amen? Because what we have done in with our prayer life sometimes with our various kinds of prayer, we put all these in one bag and shake them up and put them all together and hope that it comes out right. Amen. But what we need to understand is when we come into certain situations, we need to know which prayer we need to pray, be praying with. If you play in baseball, we don't go by the rules of soccer. And if you play in soccer, you don't play. go by the rules of football. What I'm trying to say is, each sport has its different rules and regulations. And you don't play each sport with, with, with one group of uh, regulations. Baseball has one, football has one, basketball has another, soccer has one. You don't put them all together, shake them up, say, y'all go have a good time tonight. Everybody would be super confused. They're like, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to go out of bounds here, what I'm supposed to do. Uh, but that's what we've done with prayer. we put them all in one bag. Say, well, we're going to do this. We're going we're gonna to pray uh, with all kinds of prayer. After we get done, the last thing we're going to say is the prayer consecration is after we get done, if you're going to do it, put them all together. A lot of people have been taught, when I get finished, I'm going to finish my prayer with this. Lord, if it be thy will. When I get done with all manner of prayer, 
I'm going to finish with, Lord, if it be thy will. Y'all, we need to learn something from this. <coughs> that prayer, Lord, if it be thy will, is not the prayer of faith. And whenever you involve that with the prayer of faith, you are uncertain about the will of God. The prayer of faith is based on God's word. The revealed will of God is his word. And the word of God is the revealed will of God. When you are praying the prayer of faith, you do not need to involve the word if. The prayer of faith knows God's will. But there's a lot of folks still praying at the end of, end of their prayer, Lord, if it be thy will. That's the prayer of consecration. And Jesus prayed it one time. Not every time. Not half the time. Not 80% of the time. One time. He prayed. If it be thy will. Y'all remember where that was at? In the garden. Why was he praying if it be thy will? The prayer of consecration. The prayer of consecration involves the dedication of our lives for God's use. There's times when we pray, Lord, I want to go here. And I want to do that. But you don't have any clear directions on it. Because they ain't nowhere in, in the Bible where it says, tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, I want you to go to Athens, Georgia, and I want you to go to so-and-so's room, and I want you to pray for them. You won't find that in the Bible. Amen? But it may come up in your spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit, right? He communicates with us. He can tell us, Lord, uh, I want you to go to, over here and I want you to pray for this person. Well, there are times when we, on our own, in our own uh, walk with the Lord, we're not completely sure about God's will. Should I, just say, friend, should I move? Should I move to Africa? There ain't nowhere in the Bible where it says Stacy should move to Africa. But if I hear that in my spirit, this is something I can play. This is, this is the prayer of consecration. You can say, Lord, I'll go to Africa if it be thy will. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to do what you want me to do. I want to be in the center of your will. If it's your will, Lord, I'm willing to go. All you got to do is continue to open the doors. Show me the way. I'm gone. If it be thy will. If it ain't your will, Lord, that if this is me, Wanting to go to Africa. If this is just me. Lord shut the door. Close it down. Because if it ain't your will. I don't want to be in Africa. How many of you know. Hey, some people get saved. They get gung ho. They get zealous for God. They get on fire. Man I mean they cooking more. But and all of a sudden they get an idea. Somebody the preacher gets up. Or he has a missionary on Sunday. And the first thing. The missionary, he's from Africa, and he's talking about what's going on in Africa and Uganda. Next thing you know, that guy just got saved last week. He said, I'm ready to go to Africa. Wait just a minute now. 
Slow down. I'm going to sell the house. I'm going to sell the land. I'm selling everything we got, the lawnmower, everything. We're going to Africa. The wife is saying, whoa, wait just a minute now, dude. <laughs> Let's pray about this. And this is when you pray, Lord, if it's thy will. Okay? When Jesus was headed to the cross, the next day, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before. And he was praying in such anguish that the Bible said his sweat dropped from his brow became blood. I say that's a fervent, heartfelt prayer of supplication. He is praying. And then he, he come. there's all kind of things rolling through his head. The suffering. Listen, Jesus knew how much he was fixing to suffer. Can you imagine if I told you tomorrow you're going, you're going to a whipping post, you're going to get 39 to 40 stripes tomorrow morning at the whipping post? Can you imagine? And, and, and after that, you're going to tote that cross up the hill and you're going to lay down on it and they're going to drive some, some nails through your wrist and through your feet tomorrow and they're going to run a spear up into your side can you imagine what's going through your because he he was flesh and bones just like you and me <coughs> listen he he suffered bled and died this wasn't going to be easy he knew what was coming and he said to his father father if there's any other way let this cup pass from me that cup what, 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 what he was talking about was Calvary. Dying in such a way. If there's any other way than this route, if it be thy will, Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. That's the only time he prayed that prayer is when he was headed to the cross. But we have mistakenly misconceived the idea that we should pray this prayer after every prayer. And it's not. It's going to definitely mess up the prayer of faith. Sometimes, y'all, as a pastor, going into different situations and different hospital rooms with different families, you never know what you're going to encounter when you walk in that room with that family. Some of them are in faith. Some of them have been taught the prayer of faith. And some of them, bless their heart, they just religious. And some of them ain't religious at all. They just full-blown unbelievers. So when you walk in there, you never know when you got to pray over somebody that's sick, what do they usually want? The patient, not the family. What does the patient want? They usually want to be well. If that's you in the bed, what do you want? You want somebody to come pray for you? Do you want to get well? Oh, yes. Well, at the end of prayer, you don't want to be praying if it be thy will. The prayer of faith comes in there with a certainty. Certainty. With full confidence. When Jesus walked into a situation, and I want y'all to check your Bibles on this. I done said it a million times, but sometimes it goes over our head. Check out the prayer life of Jesus. When he walked into a situation or a situation came to him, 
when somebody was lame, when somebody was blind, when somebody couldn't hear, somebody couldn't speak, somebody was dead, do you find him one time praying at the end of his prayer, Father, is this your will? You won't find it not one time through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you ain't going to find it in the book of Acts. You ain't going to find Peter praying that way, Paul praying that way. I'm telling you, if you want to get some results from your prayers, you're going to have to find out the difference between your prayer life. You can't shake them all up, put them in one bag, and say they all going to work. Jesus, whenever he prayed for the sick, prayed a prayer of authority. Prayer of authority. And there was never an if involved in when he said, Take up your bed and walk. There was no if in it. Open your eyes and see what no if in it nowhere. Whenever he spoke to Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth, what no if nowhere in it. What was it? It was speaking, Command. commanding with authority. So, <coughs> Uh, John Wesley. Anybody ever heard of John Wesley? Yes. John Wesley is the one, is the uh, was a uh, an evangelist on fire, done a lot of great things for the the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. And the Methodist Church founded their denomination after John Wesley. <coughs> John Wesley was on fire. For the Lord. He was fervent in praying, fervent in his work for the Lord, heartfelt. I mean, this guy was on one fire. And John Wesley said this. He said, if let me see what I wrote here. If it seems, he said, it seems that God is limited to our prayer life. He can do nothing unless someone asked him. Some people might argue with that. <coughs> Say, well, God can do anything he wants to anytime he wants to, right? But, think about it. It seems that God don't get involved unless somebody asks him to. That's where prayer comes in. You know why? I think I said this Sunday. God does not impose His will on people. He don't get up in your business unless you want Him to. And He's chosen to do that. And you say, well, where'd that come from? you got to go all the way back to the book of Genesis. you got to go back to the book of Genesis. After God created the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all that's in it, He created man. And after He created Adam, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, he made man in his image and likeness. And the Bible says he gave man dominion over the work of his hands. Do y'all hear that? He gave Adam dominion over the work of his hands. So, after he created everything, he actually gave all authority to Adam to rule and reign here. Y'all understand this, right? That's what took place. 
So God deputized, gave him full responsibility to running the affairs of this earth. You could say Adam was the God of this world. I didn't say heaven. But God gave him complete authority and dominion to rule and to reign here on the earth. Okay? Y'all understand that? Now what happened next? After he got had he had dominion. He had he named every every animal that that was. But Satan came into the garden. And Adam and Eve were deceived and they fell into sin. Well, y'all, this is what happened. When Adam and Eve sinned, they transgressed against the laws and the, and the ways of God and the dominion and the authority that Adam had was given over to Satan. Do y'all hear that? I'm going to back all this up scripturally, okay? This ain't just me thinking this. This is well thought out of in scripture. He gave up his, a lot of people call it high treason. He gave up his dominion. He gave it up and it was given over to Satan. Now if you don't believe this, look in your Bibles in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. This one. And it will tell you who is the God of this world. Hello? It says that Satan, with a little less, is the God of this world who has blinded the minds of those that believe not. Whose mind the God of this age or world has blinded? Who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. The devil, Satan, Lucifer, the accuser of the brethren, all their names became the God of this world. Some people say, well, no, he ain't. God's in control. Y'all think about this. Think about it. Boy, you get upset. Think about it. If God was in control of what's going on down here on this earth, do you think he'd be in the kind of shape that's in that don't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. All the killing, the rapes, the perversion, the hungry, the, the, the folks ain't got clothes all over the world. And y'all think if God was actually running everything down on earth, you think it'd be this way? If you do, you need, you need to figure out what's going on in heaven. Because in heaven, there ain't no killing. The Bible said there ain't no death, ain't no pain, there ain't no suffering, and he's going to wipe all the tears from their eyes one day. Listen, heaven is being run right. God is still controlled up there. He's still in control there. But when he gave full dominion to Adam, and Adam transgressed, and he gave it over to the devil, listen, the devil still has the least on the earth until Jesus comes back. And when Jesus comes back, he's going to take all the dominion back. 
And he's going to rule and reign. But here's another thing you need to remember. The church has not been left without any authority or dominion. The devil is not to be running over us. Because what Adam lost, Jesus Christ gave back to the church. To those that believe in him, he has given them his name. In the name of Jesus, you can cast out demons. In the name of Jesus, you can rule and reign on this earth. You don't have to let the devil rule and reign, but if you don't use your authority, you will lose it. The devil, the God of this, this present earth age right now, is behind all the killing. He's behind all the, the, the confusion. Do y'all know the Bible said God is not the author of confusion? You know who's behind all this confusion in the world? It ain't God. But God is not, would not impose His will upon the earth unless we pray. When we pray, God intervenes. John Wesley said, it seems that God does nothing unless we begin to ask Him. We ask Him in prayer and petition and supplication. Then God says, okay, I'm with you on that. That's my will. If you ask me, I'll get involved in it. I'll come and I'll, say, I'll get this right. But when we, the church don't pray, and there's a, the result of what we're seeing in the world is the result of a prayerless church. We have dominion. We have authority in Christ Jesus to not let certain things happen. Amen? Uh, hmm. Okay. Uh, so whenever you pray it, number one, the prayer of faith. That's what you would want to pray whenever you go into praying for someone that's sick. Uh, to pray the prayer of faith, you always need to know what God's Word says and stand on the Word and speak it with authority. How do you know what God's will is, you may say? It's in the Word. Hmm? It's in the Word. It's in the Word. Well, listen, there's people all over America that know the Word, but it hasn't changed their prayer life. They're still praying at the end, if it be thy will. Just because you know it don't mean it changes your prayer life. We have to know for certainty what God's will is. What, to me, the easiest way for a Christian a child of God, to know what God's will is. First, there's two, two easy ways. First, read the Word for yourself. The next and easiest way to always find out the perfect will of God. Perfect. And it, I think it's Romans chapter 12, verse 2. There's three, way, three wills. It's the good acceptable and perfect will of God. The good, acceptable. It don't have to be God's perfect will, but acceptable sometimes. But there is the perfect will of God. Do you know how to find the perfect will of God? It's so easy. We've overlooked it. All you got to do is follow Jesus. Follow His example. The Bible said, as Christians... That Jesus Christ is our shepherd and he is our example. 
If you want to find out the perfect will of God, all you have to do is follow and look closely at what Jesus did and acted and how he prayed. How he prayed. He's our example. Uh, Jesus said in John 6.38, Jesus said, I didn't come to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus said, I come to do the perfect will of the Father. I didn't come on this earth to do my own thing, my own show, and, 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 and prop up my own ministry. He said, I came to do and to please my Father. He said, if you see me do it, my Father is behind me and with me. I don't do nothing unless I hear my Father tell me to do it, and I do it. That's what Jesus said. And he said, everything I did is in the perfect will of God. Every time he healed somebody, perfect will of God. Every time he raised the dead, perfect will of God. Every time he did something, perfect will of God. You know what would have happened if he'd been outside of God's will? Just once. You know what getting out of the will is called? S-I-N. That's what getting out of the will is. Getting out of the will gets you in sin. And if Jesus would have had one sin in his life, he couldn't have been crucified on the cross. Because his blood would have no longer been sinless. His blood had to be have no taint to it. No impurity. It was pure and holy because he was sinless. He was tempted in all manner just like we are, but yet without sin. He was in the perfect will of the Father. If you ever come into questioning yourself about whether I should do this or whether I should not, look at Jesus. Did Jesus do it? Did Jesus pray for the sick? Well, don't question anymore. Should I go pray for the sick? It's in God's perfect will that you pray for the sick. Jesus said it himself. Anyhow. Prayer of faith. And you get that from Matthew chapter 21, 22. Who has that? Can anybody read that to me? Joy, can you throw that out there? Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. Whatever things you ask in prayer, <coughs> believing, you will receive. Whenever you pray in y'all, it's so important that you, you are stirred by faith. That you are stirred by faith. Whenever you pray, you've got to believe it's going to happen. If you don't believe it's going to happen, guess what? It probably ain't going to happen. Whenever you believe, it's when you receive. Praying and believing. You can't pray one thing and talk another. That's contradicting your prayer life. If you're praying for healing, don't go around all day talking about I'm about to die. I got pain. I got this. I got that. The doctor said this. The doctor said that. If you're going to pray, speak the Word of God over your life. Speak the Word. What does the Word have? It has life in it. It may be a fact that you're sick. It may be a fact that you got pain. 
but that ain't what you want coming out of your mouth all day long. The blessings of life and death are in your tongue. You have to speak and declare and decree and believe when you pray it, and that thing will start working its way to you. It may manifest today, it may manifest tomorrow, it may be a month, but if you'll continue to speak and declare and hold on, believing it's going to happen, it will happen. Amen? Amen. Mark eleven twenty four. We talked about it Sunday morning. The prayer of faith. It says speak to the mountain. How many of y'all speak to things in your life? You got problems coming up? You got problems coming? I don't know nobody that ain't got no problems. If you ain't got none, hold on. There'll be some coming. If you ain't got no adversity at the moment, just hold on. <coughs> adversity comes to all people. The Bible says... Uh, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivered them out of them all. Many are the afflictions of who? The righteous. You know who the righteous are? The church. God's children. Those are in right standing with Him. Many are their afflictions. If you're going through a hard time, hey, don't think it's uncommon. The guy sitting on the other side of the church is going through something too. How are we going to get through? By faith. But Jesus said, if you have a problem, you have a mountain. He said, speak to it. Here's the problem. Jesus said, speak to it. And a lot of us are still asking Jesus to move the mountain. Hello. Amen. Jesus didn't say in Mark 24, ask me to remove a mountain if you have a mountain. Y'all? Right. He didn't. He said... If you have a mountain, he said, whatsoever you say, whatsoever you say, you shall have. Speak to the mountain. But a lot of times we say, oh, Lord, I got, a, I got a mountain in front of me. I've got this going on. Lord, I need you to do it. And the Lord said, the prayer of faith, Stacy, says for you to speak to the mountain. Till you command it to go. And I'll back you up whenever you speak in faith. He said, I'm there. I hear your prayer. I'll, I'll move the mountain, but I'm waiting on you to say something. Don't ask me to do what I asked, told you to do. Some of us still asking, 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 asking. And Jesus said, the prayer of faith in Mark 11, 24 is for you to speak to the mountain. Amen. What we say is, Brother Stacy, is just as I thought. Just as what? Yeah. Here's another thing we pray. Lord, give me strength to climb that mountain. Lord didn't say, ask for strength to climb the mountain. That might be in his acceptable will, but his perfect will is for you to speak to it and it be gone. Amen. The Lord's taught me a lot about this prayer of faith. When I first got involved and in, got saved and, and began to read the Bible, I didn't know a lot about all these different types of prayer. I didn't. I didn't even know how to pray the Word. I told you all, all I did was say, Lord, please do this. Please do that. Please take care of my family. Please, 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 please. And He met me where I was at. But then He wants me to grow up. He wants all of us to grow up. 
That's why we have all these things here listed here. Some people are going to say, well, it don't take all that. Just forget all that. You just put all the prayers in your brown paper bag, shake them up, and keep praying like you're praying, and see what happens. But I'm trying to help you get results in your prayer life. And once I read about, read about the prayer of faith, Sophie had a, a, a growth on her chest once. I told y'all, we prayed about it. Really, when we prayed, it was the prayer of faith. When I say pray, most of us go into asking. Mark eleven twenty four says speak to it. So I went straight to speaking to it, to the growth. Spoke to it, put finger on it, commanded to be removed, be kept into the sea. In about four or five days, I can't remember how many days it was, she was getting ready for bed, the growth fell completely off in the floor. Turned black, fell off in the floor. She was amazed. I was amazed. I was really caught off guard too when she said, Woo! You ain't gonna, y'all ever heard this? You ain't gonna believe what happened. <laughs> well, we, that's what we believe it for. Then when it happens, you, you ain't gonna believe what happened. I was like, Woo! What happened? She said, Man, that growth fell straight off in the floor. Well, that's what you call being removed. Cast into the sea. Ain't nothing I did. Only thing I did, and Sophie did, was obey what Mark 11, 24 said. Speak to the mountain. Tell it to be removed and be cast into the sea. Doubt not in your heart, but believe those things that you say, and you shall have whatsoever you say. That's in Mark 11, 23. Yeah, that's 23. Yeah. 23 and 24. Yeah. <clears throat> and whatsoever you, whenever you pray, believe that you receive. You got, whenever you're speaking to something, you got to believe it's done. It's, it's done. If you walk out of there believing, still, still, I ain't so sure. That's why he said in 11, 23, Doubt not in your heart. You got to be certain. You, when you speak to it with your eyes of faith and your heart of faith, you got to say, I don't see that mountain no more. Some people are going to say, you're completely crazy. You don't even live on this planet. My sister used to tell me that all the time. You don't even live on this planet. I'm like, man, that should be a compliment. <laughs> When you get out there where Jesus is, you ain't on this planet. People, you out of their mind. You out of their mindset. Because it, they still living in reality. And whenever you speak into things that, that, that like, oh, that's, oh that, that don't even make no sense. You can talk all that stuff. All you want people to say, well, I'm just telling you what God's Word says. If you speak and release faith <coughs> and speak to it and believe in your heart and doubt not, I'm telling you, things begin to move. Things begin to happen. When I went to Africa one time, before I left to go to Africa, about maybe two weeks before I started to leave to Africa, Joshua came down with some kind of diagnosis. I don't even know what it was diagnosed medically was, but his mind was playing tricks on him. He couldn't even hardly stand up. His balance was like, he, 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 what was the name of that? You know? That wasn't that long ago? No. Well, that was that many? That was years ago. They called it a. Probably like about a, what, three, a four years ago? Yeah, some, I can't even remember now, but something 
some kind of virus. Some kind of virus, but it was in his mind. And he couldn't even hardly stand up and his words were slurred. Like he had a stroke. He couldn't think. He was like he had a stroke. My son, he's 24 years old. I'm like, look at this. What's going on? The devil attacks. Okay? And I got a mission trip that I've already planned months before. My son is, is, is like he is. I'm like, man, I hate to leave my son like this. And the Lord said, go. I'll take care of him. You go take care of my business. I'll take care of your business at home. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to Africa. I'm going to Africa. And the whole time, my son's on my mind. I'm going to Africa, but my son is still in my heart and on my mind. And the Lord said, you go, I'll take care of him at home. So I obeyed. That's one of them, okay, Lord, if this is your will, I'm going. So I go on. And when I'm sitting on the airplane, coming home, somehow or another, not somehow or another, the Lord placed a doctor beside me, and like an Indian doctor. And we get to talking, and he said, well, you know, what are you doing? And I, I, I asked him, I, I led the conversation to Joshua. And I asked him, I said, you know, my son's back at home. He's going through this and this, this, and this. And uh, he said this to me. He said, don't worry about your son. He said, when you get home, he'll be well. And I said, you know what? The Lord just spoke to me through this man. I'm on my way home. I've been concerned about my son the whole time. Guess what? When I got to Atlanta, when I got home, when I returned, my son was well. My son was well. And they said he may never recover from that. They say he may never get better. But I'm telling you, the prayer of faith works. The whole time I was in Africa, I didn't speak nothing but life over him. <coughs> life. I didn't say nothing about what the doctor had said. I don't want to hear it might be five years before he gets his mind back right again. I ain't going to be praying about that. I'm just saying, my son has a sound mind. My son is healed by the stripes of Jesus. My son is going to follow Jesus all the days of his life. I'm just speaking life, speaking life, speaking life. Get home? Jesus took care of it. But we are responsible for the words we speak after we hear a negative report. Don't agree with negativity. It may be a fact that you have something going on in your body. When you get to the doctor's office, don't say, ain't nothing wrong with me. He's going to say, well, why are you here? <laughs> People become fruitcakes. Don't go to the doctor if ain't nothing wrong with you. If you got a broke leg and you walk in there and you got a cast on, he said, what's wrong with you? Don't say, well, by Jesus stripes on wheel, ain't I'm well. Ain't nothing wrong with me. <laughs> Look like something wrong with you. Why'd you come in here today? Well, by Jesus stripes, I'm here. Hey, listen, you can say this. Yeah, I, my back hurts. My mind, my I have pain here in my ear, whatever. But the word says, by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. Amen. You always put that in there after you share what somebody negative report. But I believe God's word said, I'm healed. 
By his stripes, I'm healed. And here's what the Word of God does. The Word of God changes the facts. It may be a fact you got pain. But the Word of God is the truth. And the truth supersedes facts. Always speak the Word. That's the prayer of faith. Wow. We got to one. Consecration. When you don't know God's will, you're not sure about a move, a job, transfer, whatever it may be, hey, don't get ahead of God. This is where you say, Lord, I wouldn't mind going, but what's your will? What's your will? I want to know, is this your will? One time I had an opportunity to... to for a promotion and a, and a move, a transfer, when I worked with the USDA. They were going to move me to South Georgia. That's where I, I was born and raised, <coughs> South Georgia. That's my backyard. I'm like, well, I'm going back home. But I had enough sense to pray. And if I hadn't been saved, I'd just, whatever I want to do is what I'm going to do. But here's, I'm like, Jesus, not my will, but thy will be done. Lord, I have an opportunity. They're going to give me a pay raise. They're going to pay for my move. They're going to move me to South Georgia. What could be wrong with this? I pray, Lord, I'm not sure about this. What do you say? Do you want me to stay? Do you want me to go? What is your will? This is the prayer of consecration. Direction. So, I, pr I kept praying and kept praying. And I never could get any peace. Whenever you don't have no peace, there's an absence of God. No peace, no God. You understand that? When there's something in your spirit that just don't settle right, I'm telling you, that is your red flag. That's what I call it. That's your stop sign. So for two weeks, three weeks, I kept praying. I could never get no peace. I didn't hear God say, no, you ain't going to South Georgia. Never did say nothing like that. He's learning to speak in a still, small voice to me. I just knew in here, I can't go yet. I ain't, I ain't got the okay. I ain't got the okay. I can't go. So I kept telling myself, we ain't going, we ain't going. My boss man kept calling me about every two or three days. Hey, I got to know something. They need somebody down in that position. I need to know if you're going or not. Remember, we're going to give you a raise. We're going to pay... Your, your, your movements, expenses, everything. I got to know something. I said, I can't tell you anything yet. I'm still praying about it. He, well, he didn't understand that. And after about three weeks of this, I want you to know, when the devil is behind something, he's pushing. Jesus leads, and the devil pushes. And I just kept, didn't, never have no peace. And finally, he called me one day, after he done asked me about five or six times, and I kept telling him at the same time, I can't make up my mind yet. I ain't heard from the Lord yet. I don't have no peace. That last time he called me, I didn't have enough. I said, no, I am not going. I'm staying here. He was, he was upset with me. My supervisor in Gainesville, Georgia, he was upset with me. I said, well, I got to go with God, not him. So, Little did I know, about two months later, 
I got news. The plant that they were going to put me in, they closed it. They shut it down. It went out of business. I'd have had me and my family down in the middle of Okefenokee Swamp without a job. Moved down there and had to travel to make a living. That means being away from my family. But the Lord did not give me no peace and that was his sign to me, you ain't going nowhere. And I didn't want to go nowhere without him. So, the prayer of consecration does work. There are times when you need to pray, Lord, I know everything looks right, but it is, is it your will? If it ain't your will, I don't want to move. Because listen, when you move outside of God's will, it don't matter how much it looks like, it won't work for you. I'll finish with this one. The prayer of commitment. The prayer of commitment is whenever you're giving something to the Lord. 2 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 said, Cast all your cares on the Lord, for He cares for you. That's when you're giving something to the Lord. That's a prayer of commitment. When you give it to Him, don't go out the back door and take it back. If you're going to give Him your burdens, He said, I'll take them. But you're going to have to give them to Him unload the whole truck and drive off. A lot of us want to unload the truck and then before we drive off, hey, how about shoveling about half of that back on the truck? <laughs> Man, you got, you got cares. The Lord cares for you. And he said, if you're troubled, you're worried, you're stressed, he said, if you'll give me your burdens, he said, I can handle them for you. That's the prayer of commitment. That means you're praying you're trusting the Lord. I'm going to give you what's weighing me down. I'm going to give it to you, Lord, and I thank you for taking care of it. Man, Jesus, I just thank you and begin to praise him and begin to worship him. And I tell you what, he'll take care of it and the devil won't steal your joy and he won't steal your peace. That's the prayer of commitment. Any questions tonight before we close up? It's 830. Uh, we didn't get but three or four of these done. We'll try to get to the rest of them real soon. If you're watching us by media tonight, it was our honor to come into your home. We pray that this, this lesson was a blessing to you. We want to help you with your prayer life. We love you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we pray that you reach out by faith uh, and put your trust in Jesus Christ. He's already died. He's already rose from the dead. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. Jesus loves you, and I want you to know he's the answer. You don't have to look nowhere else. Jesus <coughs> is the way, the truth, and the life, and he'll help you if you'll pray and if you'll trust him. God bless you.